0: Welcome to this topical life, real conversation, real exploration, real life stories, a discussion about life cause life ain't a vacation. And now here's your host, Tiffany Murphy.
1: All right, and welcome to this topical life. Today we have Roxy McDermott. And let me tell you, I am in Montana right now, and we just met in person. Um, and I'm just so excited to hear her story. I don't I don't know much, um, but we are just going to start talking and just see where it goes and what comes out and just unpack some of the stuff that gets out there. But I have a feeling that this is going to be definitely... Um, worth listening to and gleaning from and all of that so here we are Roxy hi hello so Uh let's start from like just a little bit about yourself like um where you're from kids you know
2: that kind of thing okay um I'm originally from Montana I uh have um I have three kids 34 year old who's married and has uh three little boys oh and I have a 30 year old and girl, and she and um, her partner have just had a, um, a little girl, like I said, and, she, and then I have my youngest, who is 17, and going into her senior year, and oh, yes, wow. I am married, um, happily married for 18 years, and I've had uh, quite a life getting to this place right here that I'm at. Um, I, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm originally from Montana, though I've lived in other places and whatnot, I uh let's see what can I say about myself uh you're a teacher I am a teacher I I'm a Montessori preschool teacher and she's just opening up another another one yes this is the second time this will be my second time around um I have um an owner who a gal that she she owns the business however I'll be running the school and teaching in the classroom with all those cute little beans yeah yeah
1: that's awesome so you just said um, to get to the place where you're at now mm-hmm. okay so that's that's a loaded uh, that's mm-hmm. a loaded statement right there because where shall we begin I mean um, you know I think what I'm thinking is that maybe how you got to a faith yeah sure um, there's where your faith journey and just like, the hardships and all that kind of stuff. So is there anything that particularly stands out to you where you want to start?
2: Um, I can say that I've always believed that there was a God. Okay. I, um, my, uh, when I was two, my mother uh, and my um, father divorced and there were four of us kiddos and the boys went with my dad and my younger sister and I went with my mom and my mother remarried uh, an abusive man and um in in this time in my life uh i would still cry out to god i knew there was a god when i um i would go to the mormon church with um uh, my stepdad family and my mom uh and i would go to the baptist church with uh when i would be visiting dad and so i i was being taught there was a god and uh, um And I wanted there to be a God because I wanted there to be someone that was going to save us. And as a child, I would cry out to God for that. Yet, when we were finally um, out of that terrible place, I still would cry out to God. But I also had a, a misconception of what he was like. And so I think I thought he was... Probably mean and stern like my stepfather was and then also uh, not around like yeah. my father was though my father was around here and there um, I always felt like I was chasing him like I was chasing him to have a relationship with him and I felt that all the way into my 40s and so um, but with uh, many trials that I had in between that he even though he left our lives when I was thirteen, my stepdad I mean, I guess he didn't completely leave our lives because I have my youngest sister is is he's the father of. Okay. And so um and there's like five of you then? Then there yeah, there's okay. five of us. And so and my and my father remarried and had other children too. So I have other siblings that way as well. But um when we were out of this abusive relationship I found myself still in it in my mind because you go around thinking that, um, I'm, I'm doing this wrong, or every time you have a mess up, uh, it's like, um, oh, God's going to be so mad at me, you know, and so I'm going to suffer because of this, and, um, and then I would try to be really good, um, so that I, that he would love me, and and he would forgive me, and, and he would, um, uh, take care of things for me or take care of me in in general and um but then I also went out with that because of what happened to me um having that victim mentality that uh when you I say, deserve better when, this when
1: you say what happened to you like what do, your stepdad sounds like he was abusive he was abusive yeah was he physically abusive verbally abusive like how abusive
2: he was um actually all the above and okay. then he was also sexually abusive oh with um, fantastic with my sister Jeez. and i so it wasn't a it wasn't a safe place obviously and yeah. um your you know my view on what men were really like was very different i want, i kind of made everyone suffer because of all the men that came in my life, I believed were just like this. Right. And, you know, you you get this. Um, uh, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but you just almost expect it. Yeah, you sort of expect it, and then there was a. I don't know if there was a twist in it where I found out that I I could control a relationship as well because you have right. that. Um, the wrong view of, of, of your sexuality and, and you as a person. And so, um, I, I, I came to a place in my life where I was either controlling in a relationship or being controlled in a relationship. And, um, yeah, I just, I had a misview of everything and I felt the world owed me somehow because of what happened to me. So that was always my excuse too. Well, if I treat you badly, it's because well, you know I had a bad life, you know, I was treated badly as well, and um or I was with the I didn't think I would ever get in where I would be in an abusive relationship that uh but that was that was easy to get into than i easier than I thought as I always thought I would never do what my mom would did i don't know you know right i just didn't think how do you not know that your kids are being abused like that or how do you and um and it wasn't that i i was angry with my mom i don't think i ever became angry with her i just didn't understand how she didn't see this going on um but as as i grew older you know and yet i knew she was being abused as well you know so when i was being threatened if i told my mom he would kill my mom I believed that. Of course. You know, and because I saw what he was doing in our lives and what he would do to my mom as well. So you just you believe that. But um getting to the place where all that baggage, all that suffering was not a part of my um how I how I treat people. I don't I don't, or how I um like you saw the difference,
1: like the identity part, like, yeah, well,
2: when I, when that finally switched it, I mean, it really did take me getting into a bad relationship. It took me getting into a relationship where, um, I was in, in that place of choice and, um, and actually the relationship that I was in, um, I got myself into because I, I, Uh, wrongly had an affair Um, and I I stayed there because I made this mistake of getting in this and I didn't want maybe pride I, I don't know what it was that made me or that I thought I could just change this person if I just became whatever it is he wanted me to be you know and then an abusive person brings you to a place where they can control you you're not um you're not there always right off you know, but they they bring you to a place where they 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 use things against you that are about you you know or at least he did he would he would use that I had two children by two different fathers no one would ever want me um, he would um, just say mean things to me about that, and then he would use the Bible against me oh and uh, he would say that he um, that women do not wear makeup, and he would say where well, you know in the Bible it says not you know to adorn yourself with you know jewelry and and make you know do your hair up and things like this and makeup and he would he would twist what God's word was saying and but because I didn't know God's word well enough I knew there was a God and I already thought he was up in the sky, shaking his finger at me all the time, you know, right. or that I, I was just, I wasn't as wonderful as, as other people in my life. Um, you know, that their parents weren't divorced or whatnot, because you could you kind of categorize yourself as this certain person, right? you know, and a uh, type of person, I guess, and that I deserve this. We all deserve this because we're, you know, trashier people or something. And, um, But anyway, um, so he would use this against me and, um, I finally in the midst of this, and it was only two and a half years I was in, in this like hellish relationship, um, which is still long enough. You know, I had two children, you know, that they had to see and suffer because of this, me being with someone like this and, and, um, but anyway, so I, uh, I delve into God's word and it was like, I'm, I'm going to, <clears throat> I'm going to be a, a, a good girl. I'm going to be a godly girl. I'm going to be a woman that he can be proud of or that, that if I'm everything that he thinks I'm supposed to be or everything that God tells me to be, then everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Because from, um, I mean, I always want everything to be all right. And I always want to do the right thing. And even when I was with him, I would, I would pray for my daughter's father, who I was married to, that he would have a good life. I didn't want him to suffer because I couldn't figure out who I was. And so I, I delve into God's word and I was going to be who I needed to be, you know, that righteous little girl. And so I, um. But as I'm diving into this and getting to know God, I mean, I got to know um, a God that contradicted what this man in my life was saying God was like, mm. and um, I found this loving God. I found, I found this forgiving God. Um, I met the woman at the well, you know, and I was like, oh... I'm like her. We're so much alike and she's forgiven and God loves her. And all she had to do was accept him and move on and, and, um, and just do the right thing. And, and between that, um, and coming back to Montana, cause I was outside of Montana at that time and coming back near family. And, um, my uncle, um, was a pastor in Ronan or in the small town here. And I would, um, I would go to church, and I, I talked with him, and I had cousins that, you know, that would that walked me through it. And I was always afraid to come home to this family that seemed so perfect in my mind, you know, because I have a very large family. And I just thought they were all so perfect and didn't have anything bad that happened in their lives, and, and that maybe that they were loved more by God oh, than I was, you know. Right. Because my dad was the one that divorced. He was the one that, kind of the black sheep of the family. And so I just sort of felt we like we were less than and that I was less than. But um, as growing into God's word, I realized that I wasn't. That I think maybe we are all maybe a little less than what we think as far as sure. in our own mind. But But to God, we're not, you know and yeah he he brought me to a place where i could not only forgive those in my life cuz i needed to do that as well but it was so important for me to forgive myself it was so important to um you know not excuse maybe the things that i've done but at least understand why i did them Mm-hmm. but also not pack them around with me still not to let them be a part of my life every day and and um, just being able to um, walk in that uh, that place was a freedom I never I never felt before and it's not that life has you know been a bowl of cherries since then either or maybe it has because I guess there's pits in there but you know I've had so many things happen in my life that has um that God has shown up and he always shows up you know even when they seem like really hard things that happen in your life I see that God's been there all along you know even when I wasn't my closest to him I would see um, that I'm still here because of him. My children are still here because of him. You know, we, the things that we've been through, um, and still being here is because of him. Sure. And there's always trials.
1: So, I mean, just to, I mean, wow, let's just say, wow. Okay. Um, that's a lot. You basically to kind of sum up this era of your life, this part, Mm -hmm. it would be that you were basically born into an abusive stepfather relationship, two years old. Yeah. Okay. Then you had a sense of God going to a Baptist church, going to a Mormon church, just feeling that, but then never measuring up. Mm -hmm. Then this abusive stepfather was Mm -hmm. like sexually, verbally, um, physically abusing you, your sister and your mom. Mm -hmm. And then you get older, and you're like get into couple relationships. One specifically out of marriage into an affair relationship. But at that point, it's like at, up until this point, you're seeing yourself. Well, I deserve something like this. I'm not measuring up. I did this. I is this right? Like, like um, I don't deserve this. Like he was, this, this man was speaking untruths to you. Mm-hmm. You were believing them, but then also kind of feeling like you deserve them.
2: Yeah. Oh. Which I mean, and it, it was a punishment. I, I felt like because of what I had done, that's this. What have you I done? Do, what, you know, I had this affair. I deserve what's happening to me as well. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you had the two kids mm-hmm. in there too. Mm-hmm. So
1: that is, I think a lot of I, you know, the word that keeps coming to my mind is self-sabotage. I think that is such a, it's such a confusing thing. First of all, let me backtrack here. I, I went to school. I went to this university, whatever. But the one thing that really stuck with me always, um, paid a lot of money for this statement. Okay. (laughs) Which I'm still paying on, which will be paying on until my oldest goes to sleep, is this, is that by the time you're five years old, you have, um, a, the way that you view God is how you view, how is how you view your parents mm-hmm. who, or whatever right. adult in your life that you is over you. Mm-hmm. That's how you view God. Mm-hmm. And that is profound for a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that the direction that you were put into and the mindset, I mean, how hard that would be to break. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that God can't do that, which he did obviously, no, yeah. but you, this cards were stacked against you in a huge, huge way. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so with kids, you know, it's like, that is one area that is like, you know, you are a child, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're st- you have this. And then on top of that, the what you consider to doing yourself, Mm -hmm. that Mm self-sabotage. So self-sabotage, isn't that just like the, it's the trickiest thing Mm -hmm. because you actually really think that you deserve it and Mm -hmm. you almost kind of unconsciously subconsciously seek it out. Oh, totally. Yeah. So with this relationship um, with the affair, you know, that probably could have happened because of, I don't deserve, you know, it just kind of windled that way. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and then now you get into this relationship and then you're like, well, because I deserve this, I'm going to stay in this relationship. And it really wasn't until you opened up the Bible and just started, well, who is this God really? Mm -hmm. Right. Is that, and that's when things started to kind of plant.
2: Yeah. And I don't even know that I was like looking for God as much as I was looking to be good for God because I knew he was, I knew he was a good God, but I also believed that he you know was I don't want to say mean because that's the wrong word but punishing yeah that he would punish me that he was um yeah I couldn't help but think he had that a little bit in that because you view your father your father figures are most often how you view god yes you know and so I I just I But I also knew there was something bigger about him and better. Um, However, I still, yeah, it was still really hard to find myself saying that I was worthy of his love. Yeah. You know, and looking in there was like, how can I be worthy is what I was kind of looking for. How can I, you know, be worthy and, and, and be this person that is godly and that is, that I'll be saved because, you know, I don't know that I felt like I was truly saved because I felt like I was working my way to be saved and I was screwing up left and right as a young person, you know, as a young adult, even, you know, I was, I didn't, I just, it's so hard to pinpoint one thing, but like I say, getting into this where I was in this relationship, And having him badger me and push me down as this terrible person, I just felt like if I, I change that, if I change that, and I felt like this, yeah, and look in the Bible and do exactly what it tells me to do. Okay. You know, you say here, I, you know, can't
1: wear makeup.
2: Yeah. Wear makeup or do whatever. So, but as I'm reading it and talking to God, you know, I, um, I, and I felt him showing me that that was that was different that what what this man was saying to me was untruth and that that he you know was re he was just using it to try to beat me with it beat me with the bible basically and and um, make me um be in his control and do whatever he you know he told me to do and how i you know how I walked, how I talked. Don't wear a sunglasses. You know anything that he, I think that Dude, would make that me guy look. <laughs> who is that? I Jeez. Know, anything that would make me look remotely um, uh, attractive or something is what I must be. What it was. I mean, he literally would not allow it. You know, wow. okay. and um, so uh, I had. You know, he wanted me just like this plain. You know, but but he had complete control over, and he would, you know, I mean, I was not allowed to use hairspray, but his hair was like lacquered back with hairspray. You know, he took, made himself look. People, he was a narcissist. Narcissist, right? Is that the right word? Where it was full blown. Yeah, I
1: would say any abusive person um, is has definitely tendencies of narcissism. Oh yeah, regardless of how much or they're on the scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this guy sounds like a real.
2: Oh yeah, he was a peach. Yeah. Um he but I I can't easy to fall into though. Yeah.
1: And Super I can I'm
2: so easy. glad there's ways I'm glad about it because it did bring me to the place with God that I needed to be. Yeah. And and so I guess that's where I come to the place where it's like I I can take what's happened to me and I can moan and cry be a big boob about it and 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 or I can I can use it for my testimony. I can rise above it, learn from it, and help someone else. So maybe they don't stay there as long, right? You know, or that or that that they um, will beat themselves up for it because crap happens to all of us and our choices. And sometimes our choices, yeah, will make crap happen too, yeah. you know. And um, but we can't. We can't just live in that that mud pit. We we have to pull ourselves out, brush ourselves off, and try again, and yeah. just keep going. And um, I think that um, I finally finding God and finding that I don't need this is this isn't I'm not worthy of what He's doing. I'm I'm worth more than what He thinks I'm worth. Yeah. you know this guy. This guy is mm-hmm. wrong, and mm-hmm. I am I you know. God found me worthy. And if I was the only person on this earth, um, I'm trying to remember if it was my uncle who said that to me, but he would have died for me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was the only one that needed it, he would have. And um, and that kind of a love, and that... Um, it's what sustains me, I guess. Because... Like I say, we're never free of things happening, you know, um, there's just, I feel like I'm like all over the board here with our little talk because there's just, I'm not sure what I should pinpoint my talk on. Yeah.
1: You don't, you don't worry about a thing. You just, you're, you're saying all the things.
0: You're saying all the things. (laughs) I'm
1: saying everything. (laughs) You're saying, you're saying all the things, but you're going in the direction of, um, like your identity. Mm -hmm. Like, your true identity Mm -hmm. versus your, what man made you feel like. Mm -hmm. And that is such a complicated thing for healthy and unhealthy Mm -hmm. people. I mean, it's just a lifelong journey, really. So It is. Yeah. So, for you, though, like, I want to start where you basically start discovering that, okay, this guy is loserville mm-hmm. and i worth more than what he's saying so what transpired after that started to set in
2: you know um it took a little bit because you're married for two years i was um well we were only married a year okay if, not even a year i don't think i'm trying to think almost a year like 10 months but i was in this relationship Getting married to him, I was thinking that was going to change. Okay, now he's, you know, because he was showing he was changing. He was, you know, I I had, this was like, I think I oh, left him. Oh, he started seeing you change, and then he's like, oh, well, I got to catch up and be above that? Well, well no, what it was was I, I left him, and I came to Montana. It was my second time doing that, okay. but this time I was firm on I was going to stay, and But he came over, you know, and oh, he stood before my church, my family's church, and tell everyone how wrong he was, and apologize to me, and he was just listening to everything that I had asked, and he was going to be different. So, um, foolishly, I, I literally married him a week later thinking it's all going to be better. It's all going to be different. He understands God. Look, he's apologized. He's apologized before yeah. the church. He's going to be different. Right. And he wasn't. And when did
1: and, that change? When it, like, how did you, what, how fast did that just like, oh, okay, this isn't.
2: Literally. I, like, I think the day of, because I think the day of the marriage, oh I'm God. not, I'm not kidding. I, he oh. was like, why, what did he say? He whispered into my ear. And I was in, in, dressed and ready for the everything. And he's going, why are you wearing makeup? He whispers to me in my ear, you don't need makeup. And my hair is not, I mean... I wish I had the wedding pictures to show you. Literally, I looked like the saddest being you'd ever seen in your life. Saddest little thing in this marriage. And I'm just like, what am I doing? But you're just sort of walking in it. And I'm I'm like walking. I'm like, he's going to do better. We're going to do better. We're married now. La-di-da-di-da. Go back to Washington with him. And within a... You know, like I don't know, six months. He's like, oh, we're gonna move to Oklahoma. So we we moved to Oklahoma, and I was there two and a half months. And what what transpired? I mean, he was he was abusive with me. He'd shake shake me. I'd have bruises. I I mean, it was quite a journey in those two and a half years. There was a lot of things that had happened, but um, but the the last crack of the whip that was oh that made me say I've got to leave this I'm done is he picked up my son and shook him and threw on the bed and my son was um I think 11 at the time 11 and a half Mm -hmm. something like that and I was like I can't I can't have him hurting my children you know I didn't I guess it wasn't that I didn't mind him hurting me I accepted him hurting me but i would not accept him hurting my children because i had two children and i've never had children with the this guy thank goodness but i was like there's no way so i you know i was packing all my stuff and i'm going to leave and his brother um i was his brother was staying there at the time too and he's he gave me he says here this is all i got And he had two hundred dollars in cash he gave me the two hundred dollars and he said you need to leave him this this isn't okay And so I took that $200, my, what I could fit of the kids and I stuff in a van and our dog (laughs) (laughs) and two bikes. And I'm like, I'm going to head to Montana. Well, as I'm going, I'm an hour and a half, two hours away. And it was later at night. And so we stayed at a hotel. And then while I'm there, I, the next morning I turn around and go back. I, I can't do it. I was... He had beaten me down so much. Sure. I felt like I could not do this. I can't live on my own. I can't. You know, I'm worthless. And what am I going to do? You know? And, and I went back and... And I went and I found him at, um, at the school. There was a school thing. That the kids were getting awards and stuff. And my son um, actually was getting one too. And it was like the... Um, I can't remember what it was about. But it was some school thing. And um, And he was just... The way he was with me, I could—I just knew that there was something up. Like, like he already had someone else on the line. Um, oh
1: God! He had another. Yeah, I lined just felt up. like
2: there was something that he had lined up, and uh, and then and he was just like, like he—I think he wanted to make me suffer because I had left overnight, is what it was. I think he was punishing me, and I could feel that he, he being. In this state of like um you need to work your way back into
1: what you just left
2: yeah what you just left and um this
1: is that basically feeling this at the reward ceremony
2: yeah oh yeah within a few hours of me being back you know and so um it was late at late at night so i stayed um when i stayed that night and then i got up early in the morning and took my kids and we left with what money I had left, because I'd used some at a hotel and it was all I had to get home to Montana. And I got to Montana, and no lie, it was our worst winter we ever had. Oh, gosh. <laughs> And I got there, and two days later, uh, or just like short time later, maybe a week, it started to snow. And it was um, in October. It was the day after, or even Halloween. I think it was a snowy Halloween night. It was the snowiest winter we've had here forever, and it really was what kept me here because I was so afraid that I could not do it on my own. Oh my god! And I, gosh. I was, I'm thank like, thank God for snow. Thank God for snow, right? <laughs> it, it literally kept us that's, here. That's not
1: a lot of people can say that. Not a lot of people can say yeah. that.
2: <laughs> and it literally is what kept us here. And um, God is, he just showed up every day and and proving himself to me in that time, you know. Like how, like so, like how, like.
1: Um, so you got here, mm-hmm. snow happened, mm-hmm. and then you were, you had like, well, at this point, what, 50 bucks, 20 bucks? Yeah, I, mean... I had so
2: little, and luckily I had family here. Okay, so you and stayed with family? I stayed with my brother and my sister-in-law okay. for a while, then I stayed with, um, my cousin and her little kids, or our kids were all kind of the same age, but.
1: And how old were you at this point?
2: At this point, I was.
1: I like the timelines, as you can tell. I like 29? to put it all together.
2: 29. 29 okay. 30. 30. 29,
1: 30. Okay, uh, yeah. 30. Right
2: so in kids, there. Okay. Yeah. Is this, I... Did you have the third one? No. No, I I had two kids. Okay. Yeah. And, um yeah, I was probably 30, maybe, maybe 31. No, I must have been 31 because I didn't start dating my husband um, until I was 32, who I'm married to now. Okay. But I, the thing I knew when I came here was... You know, I made these mistakes. I've had these relationships that didn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I couldn't put my finger on... I mean, none of them were perfect, you know. I mean, even, you know, there's no one's perfect. So they had their flaws. But, of course, the last one had big flaws. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, again, the one thing that was the same in each of those relationships was me. I was in each of these relationships. So what am I doing that... I'm choosing this kind of a relationship, or I'm choosing a man like this because you know?
1: of the, because you knew who God was in your life, mm-hmm. you knew what He wanted for you, mm-hmm. and yet you're like, okay, so what's my part in this? Yeah, this kind of thing. Yeah, okay. oh, okay. totally. And
2: so you started what, what? How do you know? Help me, you know. Mm-hmm. That's I just so I just took a break. I, I wouldn't date, mm-hmm. you know, anyone, and I didn't want um, a relationship. I just needed to figure out me. Mm-hmm. and i took i took those couple years to just get to know me you know and and um it wasn't easy there was a lot of hard things about it but i literally you know within a few months you know i was i went to church um always um here um with my family and um <clears throat> my uncle had preached on um giving and i, I remember i was it, you know i i've had a little trailer I was renting from someone at church had you know I was renting for two hundred dollars I had this four hundred dollar payment I had to make on my van and um bills you know stacked up like them crazy bills. them <laughs> their bills you know <laughs> and so i you know financially i mean I was making about eight hundred a month and i there's no way I was gonna to be able to pay all those but I, you know, was doing what I could do and, and skimming by, you know, and, um, my uncle had preached on, um, giving and tithing and, and how important it is. And I just felt, I think this is the first time I really felt God speaking to me, you know, just pressing on my heart, you know, that I was just that impression of I'm supposed to do this. You know, I'm supposed to tithe. I you you know I need to trust him in this, and so um, I had uh, I had to tithe thirty dollars if I were to tithe because I I had three hundred dollars paid three hundred dollars, and if I if I um, tithe that meant thirty dollars, and that would leave me with fifteen dollars um, to buy gas and food for my kids and I for two weeks till I got paid again and
1: $15
2: so I was so it was like give 30 to God and have 15 to live on for two weeks it was and so I finally I mean I wrestled with it I remember just wrestling all week and wrestled that night before and I went to church and I gave it and I, I, you know, cheerful giver, I tried to, you know, I, I was still, I don't know that I was cheerful, but I was like, I'm doing it, Lord, I'm listening. I was, I was a, um, what's the right word? I, w- I was mind, not minding him. That's not the right word either. You were just walking in the direction. I was being faithful to what yeah. he wanted me you're to just do. taking that step. I was that, taking that. Yeah. Even if you're tripping. Yeah, like exactly. Even if you're going to live it. on this 15 bucks yeah. and try to survive on this, you know. And, um, I gave the $15. Um, I don't remember what was going on that day, but, um, you gave the $30 or I mean, yes, excuse me. That's right. I gave the $30 and I had the 15 and, um, at church, I was downstairs at the church doing something and visiting with people. And my sister-in-law came up and she was, can I have your keys real quick? And I, I, I gave them to her because I thought, well, I must have parked in front of someone or she needed to move my car or get something, you know, I don't know. And I gave her my keys, didn't even ask why. And um, and then she came back and gave them to me, didn't think anything of it. And then my t- kids and I were leaving and I looked in my rearview mirror and I'm like, it looks like toilet paper in the back, you know, and I thought that's so weird, you know. So we pull into our little trailer that we were renting and I get out and I opened the back to see what what was back there. And there was just boxes and boxes and bags of food, toilet paper, paper towels. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we had enough food for, you know, three months. We were putting stuff in the freezer. My son is, like, pulling stuff out. Mom, meat. Meat. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, look at that. We live oh on Spam gosh. and fried bologna and Top Ramen. And so there was this all these great – and it was like – and so from that moment on, I always tithed. I, I, I knew, I just, that was proof enough that God cared about us, that he loved us. And, and no matter what happens in our li- in my life or my kids' lives, you know, he's, he, he loves us and he's faithful. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you did, Roxy. It doesn't matter where you went. It doesn't matter that you're here and yep, yep, you were married two times before. Yep, you got two kids by two different dads, but you did, whatever, you know, God He didn't care about any of that. Mm -hmm. He didn't care about any of that. And, um... And, and, and,
1: you know, and the thing about tithing, it's like, God doesn't need your money.
2: No, He He doesn't. He just
1: wants your heart. That's exactly it. So, He just wanted... It's like He wanted you to... He wanted to show you... He wanted to Mm -hmm. give you that. I mean, so much of... I think in the legalistic, churchy, you know, Mm -hmm. atmosphere, it's so much about, like, um if I don't do this, mm-hmm. God's not going to right. blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. like the opposite. It's like, give me this and I'm going to give you more. Right. Give me your heart and let me take care of you. Exactly. Um, and it's just so obvious with your story too. That it's just like, holy cow. Like he just wanted to give you so much more mm-hmm. than that 15 or $30. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. Right? So he just was pursuing you mm-hmm. in that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah. that's so cool. That's he so just... cool
2: opened my eyes to him and i think from that time on i was able to trust him with everything i mean it really did it was it was turning the corner of trusting yeah because we still had so many things that went on in our lives and and he he just proved himself faithful always you know i mean my kids and i i mean when i you know we got to that 2 year mark of not Dating or doing anything, um, I had I had met my husband um, beforehand, um, just at like um, like work setting or something like that. I was working a party or something um, because I was waitressing, and so um, but I didn't know him. Know him? It was an introduction, and then um, we got uh, we got together. It's it's just strange. Story? story I mean well because yeah. he it wasn't it wasn't like this godly thing you know my husband isn't a believer and I I I think that is where you know we would joke my husband and I about how I was just enough a believer that I would or just enough in, of a no, young just, Christian okay that I would date him but um and I was a good enough you know, and I was such a good girl that he would date me or something like that. I don't remember how we, we worded it, except that he, he, the same, yeah, same wavelength. We were kind of, yeah, Yeah. at that time where I would accept, you know, where I would date him because he knows that, um, three years into our marriage that my faith was even stronger than, and that's, I think where we had a conversation once where I said, if I wasn't if I were to be dating right now, I wouldn't have dated you because you don't believe because my faith is way stronger and know that God wouldn't have had that. But I said, but I know that you came in my life at the time that I would choose you, um, and date you because your mom also prayed for a, um, believing wife for you. And so, um, I think it was meant to be. Yeah. even though, you know, I mean, God knew it was going to be that way. So I feel not that, you know, it's the ideal way I go to church alone, you know, when I go or, or with just my kids, um, but never with him, but, um, but I wouldn't have, I mean, he's, he's, he's such a good man.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, too, it's like you say, you know, your faith is stronger, it's like being married to him has gotten you that way. Oh, it like, has. He re- knows it too. Yeah. yeah. So regardless of mm-hmm. this or that, it's definitely goes into play. You yeah. Know? It's oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: no, and I, I always it. joke with him. He's my he's 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 my earthly Holy Spirit because he you know, because he doesn't believe I
0: I'm like more faithful a... almost. I mean, it's right. like
2: I, I, I make sure I'm doing things in the right way, you know, that I am doing things as, you know, honest and, and forgiving because he'll say, well, I don't think your God wants you to do that, does he? I mean, he'll just say things like that, you know, that make me go, oh, yeah, no, you're right. He, you know, that's not what my God is like. My God isn't like that, you know. And so, I mean, he was raised in a you Christian could home. Or you'd be like, you'd be like, well... You could say like, <laughs> "Well, sounds like you know God better than me." Yeah, I know. Like,
1: what's up with that? Maybe you should like think about you know. Yeah. yeah that's oh,
2: totally. I mean, he, um, yeah, because he's, he, and he would remind, he would ask because he does, he he takes care of all our money stuff. Are you tithing this month? Because you haven't yet, you know, because yeah. he's doing the bills, and so, um, I just you know God has His plan with Him, and um, I just believe it. He's, he's been nothing but the greatest dad for my kids. He's, he came in and he, he, he loves them like Like his own, but he respects their fathers as their fathers of them. you know, he's just a good, he's just, he's just been a good fit. He's just been a good man and he, he still is. And, and he's got me through many things and helps me to see, um, he just keeps me solid, if that makes sense, like centered, in, centered. Yeah, yeah, because he doesn't let me, uh, um, control him or situations and he doesn't control me and he would never, and he keeps, you know, so he just keeps me in this little place where I, you know, if I They're equals, yeah, that we are equals and that we've, we, um, We can conquer the world with the two of us, you know, and, and God, I always say, and God. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And so, you know, one thing that we kind of talked about too is, um, like the, um, with everything you've been through and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of stories we haven't, you know, Mm -hmm. uncovered or whatever, but more or less like you, if someone were to come to you and say, well, I've been this you have basically done, been through every kind of experience in a, like a lot of ways, mm-hmm. lots of ways. So someone comes to you and says, well, you wouldn't know what it's like because blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you would say, well, actually I do, mm-hmm. um, you know, that kind of thing. So I think where the cycle of being a victim to your circumstance, I mean, you know, you had, you went from, self-sabotage not deserving and then having the spiritual aspect of what you're worth your journey your identity and getting to that place for somebody that is just stuck Mm
2: -hmm.
1: like just stuck and and you know Mm -hmm. what that feels like because you've been through so so much I mean um tons of examples so it's like how do you tell somebody that is so hurt and so just lost and feels like they deserve bad or they're, you know, like what's, what's, what is a victim of circumstance? What is a victim in a sense of like, what is that mentality? Basically, let's start with that.
2: Like, I think that when you're feeling like, because you, others, you could have have just
1: stayed in that relationship. I deserve Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And then everything that comes from good, that could come from it would be like well because I deserve it I did this or blah blah, blah mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing and then it would just take you into a cycle of even more deeper of a cycle of just undeserving it, it would just work against you mm-hmm. so how did you I guess my question is is how do you get over the victim mentality
2: I think that um, for me. Or
1: what could you say to somebody that is like the people that are like, woe is me, mm-hmm. um, for rightful things. Yeah.
2: Oh, totally. For there's rightful so many things. things. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. there's so many things t- to have done that. I mean, think about you with sexual abuse, physical, you know, all the abuses and then actual circumstances that happen. I mean, you could have just been like, life has done me in mm-hmm.
2: the end. Right. I think that um, it's a true sense of, of just releasing it, and of that feeling of poor me. I mean, it really—it's it, it... so much a choice. I think. Okay. It—it's to me, it is. Um, maybe not to someone else, but it to really realize that hanging on to it is not getting you where you want to be, right? Mm-hmm feeling sorry for yourself is not going to make the situation any better and um to to say yep these terrible things happened to me and they weren't and it wasn't fair it wasn't fair it wasn't fair that I you know had abuse as a child it wasn't fair I was in an abusive relationship it wasn't fair you know um that my mom was you know taken um her life was taken um or that i you know my health issues that i've had um surgery the you know just all the things that have happened in our lives um it's i could just ball that up and say you know poor me and i i just can't go on and and or this is why my life is like this and i'm just going to you know everything is you know poor me. I, I I don't even know how to explain it. I just know of people that just, they get so wrapped up in feeling sorry for themselves that they're not seeing that there is good in there. And that that feeling sorry for yourself is not getting you anywhere. It's yeah. just, it's just like mulling over. Yeah. You're just in this state of not, um, living and, and, um, it's, I, it just needs to be released. It's just a matter of letting it go and I know we get stuck there. I know I myself can find myself in that pit feeling bad, but I also know that I I don't want to stay there because I've been there and it gets it's nothing. It's nothing compared to living Um, with the freedom of knowing that yep those bad things happen but they don't define me Mm -hmm. I'm not this person because this abuse happened to me and I and and I'm not you know um, I'm not I'm just I'm worthy of so much more than the feeling that I uh, that I uh, that I deserve this or that or not even that just that People are mean, or they're bad, and everything bad always happens to me. And it's hard to hang around someone that's like that because they bring you down, right? So you're bringing your own self down when you're feeling like that as well. If you're just feeling sorry for yourself and feeling like the victim, um, yeah. you're just—it's just—it's just a sad place to live. And I think the moment I realized that all these this bad stuff happened to me, but that doesn't mean I need to stay there. It doesn't mean that that defines me. Um, I'm not. Um, I'm not a bad person because this happened to me, or I'm not a dirty person because this happened. You know, the abuse, or, or um, any of that. It's 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 just pointless. That's just a pointless feeling. To I mean, attitude. It's not going to do us any favors. I, I just don't even know how to explain it except that I don't, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know, I know that it's hard for some people to pull out of that. It's just like, have the grace for
1: yourself to know that it is hard. Try to take a step in a direction. Yeah. Do you think
2: human nature wants to move on? You know, I don't not everyone i think some people it's so hard for them to let it go they 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 if they've been wronged they you know and you know they they are they're right to say that that was bad that happened to them yes you know or that my husband did me wrong or that you know or that this person did that but let's say if we took facebook into consideration you know where you What's are, that? Oh, <laughs> I know, right? Where, <laughs> where you're constantly you posting, say stuff mm-hmm. that is um, negative quotes uh, that pertain to that person, whoever did you wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're doing that over and over and over again, you have a new post every day or every week. You got a new post about that, some great quote about this bad thing that happened to me you're not letting that go you're still hanging on to it right you're still feeling sorry for yourself and it's unintentionally you're making yourself be stuck yes you know and I think you can do that not only with Facebook and things like that but you do it with your own attitude and how you talk to people and so if you're talking to someone it's always oh what was me this is what's going on now and this happened to me and that happened to me then It makes it hard for the other people, Mm -hmm. too, you know, but it's also hard for them. I mean, because to feel yucky like that all the time, God doesn't want that for us. Right. He doesn't want us to feel um, less than or broken. Um, When we are that way, he wants us to come to him and he will he will make us. He will, he will mend those places that are hurt. He will, he will, um, soothe your mind, you know.
1: Did you ever feel like those things that happened to you, um, did you ever go through a period where you blamed God for that?
2: Um, I may have without unintentionally doing that. I, Because I think a
1: lot of, like, with victim mentality, too, it's like, well, God made that, like,
2: Mm -hmm. just
1: losing all hope, basically. Mm -hmm. Because God let that happen or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always important to define that, no, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: God, technically, he allowed it to happen, but he never wanted it to happen. Right. It is literally because there is sin in this world that is here
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, that that happens. And uh, honestly, I mean... I struggled with that for years. I still do. I Mm -hmm. mean, you see something bad that it's just, it's, it's gut wrenching. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Just like what? That is not, I mean, I have some questions when I go to heaven. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and yet here we are just like, but taking these steps that you're Mm -hmm. saying actually does lead somewhere, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, recognizing where you're wronged. And also giving yourself the chance because in the end mm-hmm. it's, it's for you, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. reap benefits. There's, yes. there's the, at one point the pain goes aside and there's more good than bad. Mm-hmm. At some point there mm-hmm. is that. Yeah. Is that true?
2: Oh, totally. I think so. I th- I'm so someone in a pain. So in a victim
1: mentality, you can mm-hmm. say, keep going mm-hmm. at some point. The good is going to outweigh the bad yeah and is it's that a, true
2: well i don't know sometimes it doesn't i mean if but it is a choice it's okay. a choice in your mind i have to say i i mean sucky things have happened in my life i mean in the Can last you an example let's see let's say five and a half years ago my mom was um she was uh murdered by your my mother, nephew your mother was murdered my mother was murdered by my nephew That very day that I was trying to get him out of the house, I had the people um, I called the crisis center and they, you know, I was saying, telling them what my nephew had said that day, his actions, the things that just seemed not right and i just did not have a good feeling about it i just
1: were you there like what i was there visiting her that day well so you were there at her house i was
2: at her house my my husband and i and my daughter stayed the night with her when brought her her birthday present okay and um we we took my nephew and my mother out to dinner and in i mean the moment i living with her no he had just showed up on her doorstep two weeks prior to that okay and she let him stay um because she didn't want him to go and stay with, um, his sister, my niece who has, um, um, children. And she, she just felt like that something was wrong, that he shouldn't be around the kids. She didn't trust him around the kids, but she also didn't want him out on the street either. And so she let him, was letting him stay there, but she, I could tell she was, wasn't super comfortable about it. Yeah. You know, but she was going to, because she didn't She just thought it was the right thing, is what I think, and so. But that night we took took them to dinner, and he like jetted out in the middle of things. Just you could see it was just his mind was like nuts, you know. Why the busyness of people, hustle and bustle of the restaurant, everything. He just he jetted out, and my daughter, my oldest daughter, um, went and followed him and talked to him in the car for a while, and just trying to calm him down and she said you know she later on told me he was just talking weird stuff or whatever but um I uh so we stayed the night there he was sleeping in the basement at my mom's and he had come up um bolting up the stairs about four in the morning and my mom and my daughter my youngest daughter were sleeping in the living room because they were watching late movies and my husband and I were in, a, in the spare room and I heard him like the clunking of the stairs and him coming up and I just felt uneasy all night I wasn't be able I wasn't able to sleep well and I peeked out and looked at saw my mom laying on the couch I said what's that noise and she goes I think it was Tyler oops sorry anyway so I so I go on out and um go to see what's going on i went around the corner into the kitchen where he was at and he was he was um in there just wrestling around and and then he and i said you know what's wrong what's going on you know he's just rambling weird stuff and um and then he went and he sat down and um he had long blonde hair it was in his face and had his head kind of down and he was talking about all this bad stuff in the world and i'm just in my mind going please lord give me the right words to say to him i don't even know what to say and he's talking about how you know um kids are abused and you know people are doing this and people are doing that and and i s- said to him well you know i said um you know god is good i said i said uh that um but you know evil is out there it's like it comes like a roaring lion you know um to to kill and destroy and um and he started playing with his hair and he and he and he whispered under his breath I am that lion and I I went what what and I mean because I heard what he said but then he changed it when I when I said what did you say and he said I'm like a lion my hair is long and just between that and the the actions of him but also the it ju- there was just a darkness mm. a heaviness and and it was around christmas time so we were getting some christmas shopping done and my mom didn't want to come with us and um i didn't like leaving him there and she was like it's going to be fine it's going to be fine if he's still acting weird I'll I'll you know take him down to the to providence on monday or drop him off at the Paverello cuz he was always, you know, kind of living on the streets and and um I said, "All right, you know, and so, but I couldn't I couldn't stick with it all day. I called, I called my son and my daughter-in-law. Who do I call about something like this?" And my daughter-in-law got, found uh talked to her mom and they were in Spokane. They found a number for me to call about the crisis, you know, crisis line in Missoula to call. So, I called um And they said they don't put away people for their thoughts or their actions like that. If your mom feels threatened, have her call the police. Um, And so I called my mom and I told her, you know, he doesn't have to be there. You you know, and again, she said, I know if he keeps acting like this, I'll, I'll just, I'll take him, you know. On Monday, I'm gonna be fine and my daughter had a wedding and she lives in Missoula. so I had her and my niece that were gonna go and hang out with my mom that Sunday and just um, just so I knew she was okay, mm-hmm. you know and hang out with her and be other people around. but um, but that time never came. He took my mom's life um, that night around nine o'clock and um, I got the call like four in the morning. They'd been calling just numbers, not knowing who to call, in her phone, and they finally got through to me. And um, so, but I, even in the midst of that happening, God showed Himself to me, you know, in so many ways, um, and knowing that it's evil, yeah, <laughs> it's the evil in the world that, mm-hmm. you know does all this and it, it feels like there's so much because we have this and then you know I before that I had lost my s- sister-in-law to cancer and then my brother a few years before that and um and then my niece yeah I mean there were just so many things that happened in our lives um
1: all well, that specifically happened in your life
2: Mm-hmm. yeah and and uh, you know I had um two different health issues that had happened back to back, both dealing with the nerves where um, one was a, uh, an infection that was in my tooth. that went back into my trigeminal um, nerve, which caused trigeminal neuralgia, which um, causes a clenching and extreme pain in your face. Oh, God. And we couldn't figure, you know, the dentist didn't, couldn't figure it out at first. Um, and then went to a neuro a neurologist and, and got me on medicine and they're thinking it might be that they do the mri thinking maybe i have um uh something else wrong you know in the brain that's causing it maybe ms or something and there was none of that and so meanwhile you're in extreme. meanwhile i'm in this extreme pain and taking medication that made me like a zombie woman and i would have um we had small group at that time and and, um, I was like, I had to like take my medicine right at the time I was going to go home because I, it would make me literally just zonk out. And, um, but anyway, you know, God brought me through that. He, you know, I finally got where I was like, this, something just didn't feel right. And so I went back to the dentist again and said, there's just one thing that's wrong in there. I don't know what it is, one of my teeth, but don't touch anything else and don't cause my nerves to because anything would make them set off. And so um, we found out that, yeah, one of the teeth, you know, my very back tooth was was dead. And he said, this, if this infection got into your, your trigeminal nerve, he says it goes right back to it, you know, from where that very back tooth is. You know, this, this could be very, you know, what caused this trigeminal neuralgia. Don't go having surgery on your, you know, your nerves yeah. or anything. And so they took it out. Um you know uh went to a special specialist um and and had oral surgery and whatnot just because they wanted to keep everything in check and um within a a couple weeks um after the um, antibiotics and whatnot i i had no more of the pains they weaned me off the medication and um and what's so weird is in that four months that that happened it was four months of the of me not having a back pain and I've always had a low back pain and it just continued to get worse and worse and worse and so back to back when I say that is like we um uh my my PA and I he you know luckily I I finally came to him um because uh the doctors before that I um, oh, you just need to have physical therapy. I'd go in and I just have this strange, you know, I mean, it would be like my na- my leg would go numb or it would feel like a stump. It was just all these weird things that would have an end lower back pain. And so they um, it just kind of went, no one knowing what to do with me kind of a thing, yeah. you know. And uh, so we um, my PA finally did an MRI and we found a giant cyst. Um, that was made up of the spinal cord, the membrane around the spinal cord that had ballooned out, um, with spinal fluid. And, um, at first it was called a cyst which, um, those are common in some people and they never cause pain, but it's also one that does because they press on the nerves for so long and the nerves finally give way. And so with this one, it was, it was giant and took up almost my entire, um, S- uh, went from the S1 joint. to the S4, yeah, and okay. it was causing the trouble with the SI joint as well. So it was in the sacrum area, it took almost the whole area, and um, but by the time we figured this out and went to all the doctor and go through oh, all the hoops gosh. that you need to go through to get this taken care of, um, they finally um, got it sent to a specialist. There's only two doctors in the United States that will doc. Uh, perform surgery on these kind of cysts because of where it's located and so i finally got to that doctor and um and it was just in time truly because last summer it was it was truly at its complete worst it was i it was debilitating i couldn't sit down i i couldn't i had to lay on my stomach there were all these um i couldn't lay on my sides because it would pull and poke on it and it would cause the nerves to flare up. It was pain in everything from the S one to the S four that it's in control of. So what? Could so you just... so you could. It was like bowel issues. Oh yeah.
1: but you just lay on your stomach?
2: I I would lay on my stomach or I could stand. And so I would stand at my counter and visit with people. If somebody came to see me, I'd play cards. I um yeah. I just pretty much didn't go anywhere because I. Called wow. it tummy time. I'd have to lay on my stomach, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> back I. Back to
1: infancy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it
2: was something. Jeez, it was something. that's terrible. But I had the surgery in September. It'll be a year this September. And um, it really, it gave me my life back as far as all that pain that i lived with for all those years and everybody always oh it's your running you know i'd always hear it's your running you know of course i had to give up running during that anyway because the pain was so bad but um but it wasn't it was this giant enormous, cyst this giant cyst yeah that,
1: that was, decided to
2: grow decided to grow and and uh, probably got worse with those things like running and stuff. i mean the pressure and whatnot and um
1: Sure, but at some point, if it kept getting bigger, it was going to do something. Yeah,
2: you're right. And so, yeah, it was we, and it's not something you can take out. They had to, you know, he goes in and he and he drains them and he wraps, drap, wraps it, you know. And so that's what had to happen. So, um, and then of course nerves, they take a, a few years to heal. Right, they're amazing. God made us so amazing, but they take forever to to heal. You know? Did you
1: think that you might not get feeling back or something? Or, did, or well, had... the
2: feeling, I, it was it, things were so random with it. That's what was so weird. But like, like I say, this the saddle area of my body felt yeah. like somebody had boiled, uh, poured boiling hot water on me. Weird. My my rear end cheeks would just burn or or hurt. Like you're on fire. Oh, yeah. It was the weird, or it, it would feel like a, uh, I'd get like electrical shocks and stuff. You know, those... Uh, Spasms? Something and... like that, but it's painful. I don't. If you haven't ever had a nerve issue like that, it's so hard to explain. It's almost like you put your finger in the light socket, but it's not my finger. It's my leg or it's the inside of my legs or it felt like somebody was like, hanging on to my private oh <laughs> advice gosh. it would just it would just be this tremendous pain and um there were just so many so many weird things that can happen in that you know with those yeah your bowel issues I mean it controls all those things so it was it was pretty crazy
1: so, and the cyst was done, you were in Dallas, Texas at the time?
2: Yeah. I had to go to Dallas, Texas to have that surgery. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the best rare. You know, that's where I'm from. Is that where you're from? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Dr. F. Doc, Dr. Fagenbaum. 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 Thank you. Fing- well, I don't, I don't know. know. Oh, I you're don't probably, probably saying it better. It's a hard one to say. We just call him Dr. F. Everybody yeah, Dr. F. Everybody calls him Dr. F. And, uh, yeah. So, um, praise God I was able to um, finally get that taken care of. I have to say the thing about that was, um, that summer where it got to the worst that it was, God, it's, it, it was kind of like a place where I, um, felt like I was in that desert preparing myself for what was going to happen, you know, where I'm like, you know, every time I felt sorry for myself, I would pray for my friend who, um, has uh, have just discovered she'd had a brain tumor and has three little ones and so every time it, it was too painful and i wanted to cry out and say i can't do this this is so much lord you know instead of saying that i would pray for her and i would pray that he would watch over her and give her relief of her pain that he would you know heal her and that he would watch over her children and that the surgery surgeries would go well that she had to have and whatnot and so i would take my mind off of myself you know i would take and not i didn't want to be the victim in it i wanted to be able to pray for someone else and lift their hurts up and know that god's going to take care of my hurts i don't have he knows where i'm at You know, there was one day where I went and um, I was crying out to him and saying, I don't think I can, I don't think I can take this pain anymore because physical pain every single day of your life, it's debilitating and and it's, you know, you can only hold it so long um, before you just start melting, melting. Exactly. You just feel like it's, this is too much, you know, and. I remember saying, I, I just don't think I can do this. Are you sure? You know, I mean, why is this happening? And just whining. Like, I, you know, that's who you whine to. If you're going to whine, whine to God. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no one else wants to hear it.
1: <laughs> you know? yeah.
2: So I'm whining to God about it. And, I, you know, I had the Bible and I opened it up and I opened it up. And I think it was, um, it was like Jeremiah or something like that. And um, I was just kind of thumbing through and, and talking to God in my mind and whatnot. And um, I just said, I, I just need to hear from you. I need to hear, you know, w- something about this. I just, I can't keep doing this. And and um, and so as I I flipped the page just after I had said that to him, I just, I need to hear from you. And I glanced over and there was this highlighted area that I don't even remember why I highlighted it because I really, I usually use my Bible app and not... I haven't been on in my Bible Bible, you know, hands on Bible yeah. for, you know, a while, at least, you know, a good 10 years. And so I uh, or five or six years anyway. But anyway, there's this highlighted area. And as plain as day, it was almost as a jump, like it jumped into my, you know, mind yeah. or in my lap or whatever that said, I will rebuild her. And I knew that that was for me. I knew that was for me. I just felt at peace reading it, not knowing, you know, any, and it was like, and that's just posted. If you're into my house, you see it's still posted, you know, I will rebuild you. I will rebuild you. And I, I hang on that promise. I hung on that promise and I see it. I see the fruit of that happening as I heal more and more, you know, and it's what carried me through that summer. And, um, and to that surgery, you know, which was very scary and having to travel down there and, and go to just meet him, meet the man, shake this man's hand. And then, you know, he's going to have me, my rump in there, and he's going to be operating on, yeah. on me the next day. I don't even know him, you know, right. and I've just met you. Um, though I, we talked on the phone and he had my records and whatnot, but, um, but God brought me through it and I, I'm, I walk through it. You know, we have, we just have things that happen in our life everybody does and I guess that's where I have to keep my mind not so feeling so sorry for myself because it feels like so much more you know so many more things even my daughter cause my little granddaughter was born and just before she was um, due a month before we found out she had um, a blockage in her intestines. so we were she was going to have to switch doctors and baby was going to have to have a big surgery when she came out and she was in the NICU for five weeks, you know, and we just got through that in June and, and, um, and then we had another thing that came up that happened to um, one of my little, my, you know, grandchildren and, and, uh, and my oldest daughter, she messaged me and had said, um, why? Why is, why does so much bad happen to our family? Why, why is, there's always, why is it us, you know? And um, I messaged back to her, you know, that I, I said, I, I once heard, and this is what carries me through, I once heard that um, evil will leave you alone if you have nothing good to offer this earth. And so I said, um, and I just left it at that because it is true if we had nothing that's if we're just you know going around feeling sorry for ourselves in that victim place or not offering um what we can of ourselves good the good that we have in us which is god because he's all that's good if we're not offering that out to someone in some way um satan's going to leave us alone and people sit in church all the time that they live it like that. They, 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 you know, just because they go to church doesn't mean that they are, you know, making a difference in the world. Yeah. You know, it, we have to make a difference. And if we are wanting to make a difference or if we have something good to offer, then, of course, that's, we're going to be attacked for it. Because that's. God, are, the enemy doesn't the, want that. No, he doesn't want us to offer anything good up. And if, if he can defeat us in some form, he's going to. Right. And if this doesn't work, whatever this bad thing is, he's going to try on another end. You know, he's going to try something else. But with each time that he's trying to come up against you, you get stronger. Mm-hmm. Or you can give in. There's times I've wanted to pull up the white flag and say, too, mm, you know, Done. I give up. I You win. You win, Satan. You can have my life i mean i'm over fighting for us you know to have a good life or you know fighting with you over things bad things that happen and whatnot um but at the end of the day i know that's not the right thing and that i need god i would need him in that yeah i would i mean uh, my life is because of him. How old are you? I'm 54. Okay. You look like
1: you're like 40. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think I th- you've been I through forgot. a like, You look like you. It's amazing how much you've gone through. And yet you still have, like, you can see the, like, you just see this, like, l- youthful light in you. <laughs> kind of like, it's like.
2: Not even maturity. Backtrack.
1: What have you been through? Wait, what? Like. I think, you know, for me, I don't know, like that whole white flag Mm -hmm. mentality. I had that for a long time because even as you're talking about all this like hard stuff, it's like, it makes me want to like, just deflate, like in a way, not the, I -hmm. mean, just like, yeah, that stuff happens. Yeah. That's just, oh God. Yeah. I mean one of my kids get cancer tomorrow. We'd have to go through that. One of my, you know, we could, mm-hmm. we would have to just like, you want, it's scary, mm-hmm. you know, it's so scary. And, um, and fear, I just feel like fear is debilitating, you know? And for me, I feel like more than I, more than for me, it was, it's more than just, um, self pity or self, you know, that it, for me, it's more just fear. Mm hmm. Like, it would be easier for me to stop mm-hmm. and put up the white flag mm-hmm. out of just plain fear. But right. how big of a lie is that? Because mm-hmm. regardless of what you believe or don't believe, mm-hmm. bad stuff is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So would you rather have it with hope or
2: mm-hmm. without hope? Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: And so, I mean, you basically explain, like, even through the hard things, it's easier with God than without. Mm-hmm. Is that true? It is. It is.
2: It, it is. is. It's. I think it's so much easier with so God. So at the end of the day, mm-hmm.
1: it's easier. It
2: is. I. I believe it is. I, I. There are times that I take that moment where I go and feel sorry for myself, like I said, and then I and I try to do things in my own strength or with my own thoughts, and um, it's so much harder. It's just so much. It's it's def- it's defeating i mean yeah. it it just is i feel like i i'm going to lose you know when i think that way or if you know lose. You're trapped yeah trapped. you do you feel trapped feel you trapped. feel you feel trapped and defeated like i yeah we have stuff going on um every you know there's things that go on all the time Yes, there's You'll, bad that
1: happens all the time. All the time, it's just life. That's it's life. life,
2: and you, you we On don't this earth. It is, and we can't, we can't explain why, we can't um, dismiss it. Can't because dismiss it. it's there. It is there, and we either you know. So like right now, your seventeen-year-old, that yeah, my my daughter. She is she um, going through. She well, she was in the hospital last May, and she um. She was there for 12 days. We didn't know what was wrong. They couldn't... They still don't. Um, she still has... She'll have random fevers and whatnot. We're hoping um, that um, one of the medications that she was on um, from the dermatologist just hitchhiked on after this random sickness that she had in the ho- in the hospital um, where we left and they... Um, they they couldn't even tell us what was wrong with her. They had to write down something so that the that the insurance would pay for her to be at the hospital. However, they had no answer to what really was wrong with her, mm-hmm. and so they had you know. But it was an inflammation of of her her bowels as, um, on the right side, and and um, at first they thought it was her appendix had ruptured. Um, or we're going to or was going to rupture so she had this um, emergency surgery where they took out her appendix and and everything was just swollen together in there that the doctor the surgeon had to like clean everything out put a drain in there Um, and what we were thinking it was that you know they were thinking okay it's an infection but at the end of the day, it wasn't. There was nothing that it could, they could tag it on. And they sent it literally out. I mean, things like malaria. Um, what else? There was just so many different things, so many different tests that they had sent um, these cultures out to try and figure out what was wrong with her. And um, they came back with just no answer. And, and then she started having random fevers every couple months. She'd get sick and... Um, so we've been through different doctors Um, now we are she has well she has her normal um, doctor that she has and then she has um, an autoimmune doctor that is on the investigation crew as well as well as an OBGYN as well as an ID doctor an infectious disease doctor trying to figure out if all this is connected to her these fevers and everything from what happened in the hospital um and this is still going on and this is still the the last time was may may was her last bat with a huge fever uh, like up to almost 104 um she's 17 so it's not like she's a little small child but she you know um is getting still getting sick and there and uh so she hasn't had anything since then praise god so we're hoping it may be um like i said that the this, um, medicine that she was put on for, for, um, the dermatologist for acne that we're hoping because it's a super strong thing that maybe this like hitchhiked on and made her sick. That's what my husband and I are hoping for. And then the ID doctor has everything lined up for if she does have another fever though to go in and have her, these other tests that they're they're going to take and then, um, send some down to, uh, um, to, um, check on some other testing with uh maybe um what's the right word for that where you find out your not your identity but your um blood your make dna makeup no well kind of like that but um your ethnic oh your complete ethnic because one of the things that he thinks it could be the id doctor thinks it could be something to do with um I can't remember if it's a European fever syndrome or some other kind of syndrome like that. Anyway, that causes um, the body to have these fevers and then um, the uh, abdominal or the heart or the lungs inflame with it. And so um, it's not something that is... uh, curable, but it's something where like if she starts having a fever, they they had to fix that and they don't you don't have unnecessary surgeries like what she had with taking out the appendix and whatnot. Um, but like I say, I feel like that's such a I don't know. It's just too many weird things in our life. So to me I just wanna say it's the medicine. She's gonna be fine. It just took a long time because she you know, she was very, very sick. She was sick to the point of her hair thinning out, too. Oh, you know, her boy. she was very anemic after that. There was just so many different things that I just wanted to be just one little thing that's fixed, you know, or that was a random thing and that we won't have to ever encounter again, you know. But yeah, only God knows that. But, of course, I, we cling. I cling to that, you know. Well,
1: it's clear that you do. Mm-hmm. I mean... In talking of all of this, it's like, wow, Roxy, like you're if there's a war, you're ready. You're like if there is a war, you're in the front lines and you're gonna defeat it because (laughs) you're you know your 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 strong belief and you know what's made you stand strong, you know? And not many I mean, honestly, it's like a wave and you don't have a wavering faith.
2: You don't. You don't. I probably, no, no, (laughs) not, (laughs) I mean, I can't
1: say that my, I can honestly, I mean, those kind of circumstances you've lived a lifetime already Mm -hmm. you have. So you're a living, I mean, when you say rebuild, I mean, like you're, you are like, it's like there, like you're, you're now like, I don't know how to say it. Like, you know, like when you're, um, when you die you're like complete you know like you, you like you find a, like you're kind of more complete than i think a lot of people around you because you understand that deep faith so 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 far deep in your being that not many people get to experience that or necessarily want to go through the experience to get to that point you know um and that's where for me like with faith and fear it's like okay i if i if whatever comes my direction lord i want I, I'm going, I want to believe in you Mm -hmm. and to get to that place. But to have, but you were at that place. And then you also have proved it over and over and over and over and over again. And there are many, many stories we haven't talked about, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we've covered enough to where it's like, wow, um, something's going to come in your way. And there's no question where, That's going to stay. And, and for somebody that's, um, in the self pity party thing, and then also the fear, which I tend to more Mm go towards. Um, there was one thing I wanted to mention that just kind of simplified all that for me, Mm -hmm. um, was someone, so I have a friend who, uh, whose husband went outside their marriage and, um, there was a a wise, wise woman who was involved in my, in my world at the time. And it was so random. It was so random. She wasn't there. It was just like, she, I, th- I swear, I think she was like an angel at that time. Um, and she came into our life and I was like, Hey, we should talk to this girl over here, this woman. And she was older and you know, she'd been through a lot too. And she was like, and my friend asked her, my friend was just like, when am I going to get tired? When am I going to get over this? Mm-hmm like when am i going st- to when is this going to stop mm-hmm. you know and she goes when you're tired of thinking of it thinking of it mm-hmm. when you're tired That's of good. thinking of it you're going to come to a place where you're like you're done mm-hmm. And it's exactly what happened. It was like, it was almost like the circumstance just got so obnoxiously in her head Mm -hmm. over and over Mm -hmm. and over and over and over. And what could be different? What could I have done different? What could have this and this Mm -hmm. and this and this and this? And 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 then it feels like crap. I'm, I'm upset at him. I'm this, I'm this, Mm -hmm. I'm this, I'm this. this, And and then all of a sudden it's just like, I'm just tired of thinking of it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm just that tired of it. Yeah. And then went on. And then now it's like her strength was kind of built up in that a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I feel like for you, that's just like, the story of your life like you're just built like a you're like like built like a strong strong person you're built you're rebuilt and built like i just amazed at uh your story and just um yeah. i think
2: it's i think i must be like the weakest person because it says in god's word that where you are weak i am strong yeah. And so I think experience- that strength comes from him. It absolutely does. Yeah.
1: But can people get to that place of being that weak? We are all the same
2: weakness. Yes. Mhm. We
1: are all the same in yes. that way. Yeah. You just happen to have like more, right? Like mm-hmm. you've experienced you've you've been weakened to the place of where he had to be the strongest and so you're living in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're living in that. And so many people give up before they have to, yeah. or they give up. I mean, I just had a friend's, um, he struggled a lot. He was a distant friend and mm-hmm. he just took his life, so you know, sad. he took his life and, um, and multiple, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, and you know, the first thing I think is when I hear something like that, I'm like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Oh yeah. Totally. Um and on, not only that, I probably more relate to the thoughts more than the action mm-hmm. because the act, but when the action happens, it's so far beyond mm-hmm. their mental mm-hmm. like they don't it's so far gone at that point. But you know, there where was the hope? Mm-hmm. You know, the hope was lost and mm-hmm. Christian or not, it's just having that hope and steadfastness and stuff. So
2: mm-hmm. anyway, it's hanging on. Hanging on. Hanging on. Just hanging on. I'm on that dinghy in the middle of the ocean, and I know that it's my lifeline, and I just hang on. God's my dinghy. (laughs) God God is her dinghy.
1: (laughs) Maybe I've been talking too long.
2: (laughs) I'm just hanging on. Hanging on for dear life.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, Roxy, uh, thank you so much for coming on Mm -hmm. today and um, talking with us, and I just so enjoy getting to hear from you, and I know people listening – are thanking you for being on here too. So thank you. <laughs> They're going.
2: Wow, she really does ramble. <laughs> God is my dinghy.
0: You've been listening to this topical life with Tiffany Murphy. Available through Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook. Donations to help support this topical life can be made through Patreon at patreon.com. That's P A T R. EON.com front slash this topical life. Likes and comments are always appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time for more real conversation, real exploration, real life stories. Cause life ain't a vacation.